0: Welcome back to She Bangs, She Bangs for God and Country. This is episode, I don't know, 12b. (laughs) An amendment, an addendum. I guess some sort of apology is in order. And at the same time, I don't want to apologize because I'm trying to not be misunderstood. I hate being misunderstood. But that cannot be the thrust of what I'm saying today, right now. That cannot be the thrust because that is self-consuming and that is self-absorbed. And I don't do these podcasts because I like hearing the sound of my voice. I do these podcasts because I am a storyteller and I am a truth teller. And I want to get information out that I don't see being talked about. In the mainstream, but I know is there. So every podcast I, episode I've ever done, whether it's my storytelling podcast from "She Bangs, She Bangs," marriage, adultery, Texas, and Jesus, or it's this one right now, "She Bangs, She Bangs," forgotten country. I approach every single one from a place of addressing difficult truths. I tackle marriage and adultery. I was a wife and I was a mistress. I went to the January 6th rally, not as a Republican, but as a Christian. And I watched the media have a frenzy over what happened that day. I was there. I saw it. I was there. And so I tried to relay the information that I witnessed, that I saw, that I experienced. Because most people weren't there. I am from a deeply conservative Republican Christian background, but I currently live as a divorced single mom in Harlem. I am a very spiritual person who cares deeply about the Jewish people. If you know me, you know that this is true. Before COVID, I took my son to the JCC and we sat there and we listened to the names of people who had died in the Holocaust. I'm not Jewish. I took my son there because I wanted him to see what it was. When I was at NYU, I was in a religious class and I wrote a paper on how demonic Martin Luther was because towards the end of his life, he wrote a paper called The Jews and Their Lies. So I am somebody who is coming at this from a deeply respectful place. But Jewish people are not the only people in the world that have been hoodwinked and harmed. There are groups of people, races of people all over the world throughout the history of time that have been targeted and slaughtered. I used Happy Holocaust Day in my last episode because the Holocaust is something that we Americans are taught about in school. I wasn't taught about all the other atrocities that have gone on in the world, but we were we were taught about the Holocaust. So that's the one that I grabbed onto because I knew that that's the one that most people in America would understand. I also grabbed onto that Because there are more Jewish people in New York than anywhere else in the world save Israel. But 10 years ago, the New York population of Jewish people was higher than actual Israel. I also used that phrase because this policy that I was referring to in episode 12 is being implemented on Valentine's Day. So it was a play on words, it was supposed to be inflammatory, it was supposed to get your attention. If I had just entitled it some concerns regarding the Holocaust, some concerns regarding New York internment camps. Not as many people would have clicked on it. And honestly, I really wasn't even like trying to I I didn't really think that much about it. If you're a writer, you know, sometimes this is how it works. You just like just a title comes to your head or just a phrase or just uh, it just it comes to you and you're like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. So I didn't I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Because I thought that people would be like, okay, that's, that's obviously not right. And the very first sentence out of my mouth is, you should be offended by this title. But what's concerning to me, and the reason I'm making this... <sighs> what's concerning to me is that a large number of people are more offended at the three words I used than they are about what I was calling attention to. The Jewish people are not the only people that are of concern right now. And I'm calling awareness to how the Jewish people were used so we cannot repeat it again. I have a very good friend, very good friend, Jewish friend. <laughs> I like him so much. I'm like secretly in love with him. He doesn't know that, but he does now if he listens to this. But he, uh, we have a long history and he uh, very, very lovingly, very respectfully wrote me back and said, I really have a problem with the title of your episode how can you equate what's going on in new york with these camps with an extermination of a race of people he makes a solid point very solid i am not saying that these new york camps are exterminating a race of people and that is offensive if that if that was what my intention was that is completely offensive to compare the holocaust to these camps that Governor Hochul is is setting up. The reason I used the word Holocaust is because I'm trying to draw attention to two things that were specifically within the Holocaust. Number one, the psychological warfare that was done on the people of Germany to get them to go along with it. Every single Jewish person or non-Jewish person that got onto those trains did not think that when they got off the train hours or days later that they were going to be killed. If they knew that, they wouldn't have gotten on the train. They would have just had a brawl right there and fought to the death because they're like, what's the point of getting on if they're going to kill me when I get there? So every single one of them that got on that train thought that they were going to be okay. They knew it wasn't a good situation, but they thought that it was going to be okay because they couldn't comprehend that a government would do this. And the non-Jewish people couldn't comprehend that a government would do this. But they did it, and they started incrementally. If you've been to the Imperial Museum in London, you will know what I'm talking about. They, they have this entire section that talks about not only the Holocaust, but it shows the signs and the footage and the pictures of what the German people were surrounded with throughout the streets. Little signs of just like, you know, this is this zone over here where Jewish people are. It's not a safe zone. They started labeling Jews as as diseased. Incrementally. So by the time that they were carting people off to extermination camps, it just seemed like the next logical step to get on a train and go over here. It just seemed like, I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel necessarily great. No one really wanted to do it, but they did it and they did it because they didn't see that the pot had was boiling water at this point it's like that whole analogy of like you put a frog in a boiling pot of water he's going to jump out but you put a frog in a pot of water and you slowly turn the temperature up degree by degree eventually that the frog will die because they don't realize because it's been done so incrementally and that is what is going on here in new york the most locked down city in the country requiring papers to have a job, to go to school, to eat in a restaurant. It's incremental. It's just, oh, well, you know, we're just trying to be safe. We're just trying to, you know, curb this virus. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. And I have extremely loving, intelligent Jewish friends who think I'm crazy. For saying what I'm saying. They just don't see it. And I'm like, how can you not see it? So there's this, there's this point of tension where me, a non-Jewish person, is saying, don't you see, historically speaking, regarding the Holocaust, that this is how they did it? And I'm trying to raise awareness to that. The second reason I use the word Holocaust is because what is unique to the Holocaust is that government doctors experimented on people within the camps That's why we have the Nuremberg Code. Number one, bodily consent is absolutely essential. Voluntary consent is absolutely essential. And we have blown past the first tenet of the Nuremberg Code with mandating vaccines. Maybe you don't see it. And I am deeply, deeply sorry if my words offended you, but I want you to be more offended at what this New York hokal regulation can lead to. I want you to be offended at that. I want you to be offended that we are starting to segregate people and start giving reasons why they should be segregated. So that's why I used the word Holocaust. And again, I am, I am sorry for conjuring up hurtful things, but please don't be offended on behalf of someone else. Please don't. Don't be offended on behalf of Jewish people if you're not Jewish. Be offended if I offended you personally, and if I have, I am sorry. I really am. I don't want to hurt you. I am trying to help. I can't say that this rebuttal is perfectly not selfish. I can't say that this podcast episode is is not largely centered around me not wanting to be misunderstood because ultimately I don't want to lose friendships. Because that is a large motivation of what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to salvage the relationships that have been damaged by those three words that I used. I struck a nerve. I really wasn't trying to strike this nerve. (laughs) It was the wrong nerve that I struck or trying to strike the nerve of, oh my gosh, they're going to haul people into camps without any evidence or proof, just based on suspicion. But here's the last thing that I'll say. I used that that quote by Niemöller, because I think it's very applicable to what's happening. The Holocaust was about exterminating one race. And as I said before, throughout history, certain races, races have been targeted. But right now, what's going on is that we're all in danger under this regulation And that's concerning. It's concerning for anybody, no matter if you're Jewish or Muslim or Christian. I'm concerned for anybody being hauled off without any evidence for however long the government sees fit. So that's my clarification of things. I'll say again, I'm deeply sorry for conjuring up in anybody real true horrible feelings based on my word choice i'm i'm apologizing to you and i'm sorry and i hope that you'll forgive me and also i'm asking that you would Look beyond that offensive phrase and see what it is that I'm raising alarm bells on because the words mean nothing compared to what is possible, what is possible concerning a revisitation of history, man has great capacity to do evil. Man has great capacity to do good. And I am trying to keep awareness and the conversation going. I'll say this, my final thought, is the thing that I have always cherished about Jewish culture, the reason why some of my Jewish friends have heard me joke about how I wish that I was Jewish, comes from me being on the outside and seeing how much that culture loves dialogue, debating, conversation, talking. My very favorite show in the world, musical, theater-wise, is Fiddler on the Roof. And I love it because Tevye, the entire show, is talking to God, like he's right there with him, like another person standing next to him. And I love that. And Tevye is honest about his frustrations and his joy. And so I'm hoping that all my Jewish friends that were hurt by my words will not only forgive me, but see that I'm trying to do the thing that I respect so much about your people, which is keeping the conversation going and keeping it alive. This is Shebang Shebangs for God and Country. Thanks for listening. Wait a minute, let me take your a minute,